He says, wake up, wake up. Wake up to the things that really matter in life and repent and then strengthen that which remains, that which is about to die. And so what he's saying here is that, you know, you've got something and you're about to lose it. Or maybe you've already lost it. And he's saying, you know, wake up. It's time, it's time to come back. You know, it's like we live in such a beautiful world and there's so many distractions in this world, so many things that we want to do. I mean, it's, you know, you know making money, uh, making, you know, fame or, you know, getting a, a good name for yourself or, you know, the hobbies that we like, golfing or maybe it's cars or fishing or, you know, all of those things. All of those things are fun and they're things that we like to do. But when those things become more important than God, you know what the Word of God says? Wake up. Wake up. It says, wake up. Wake up. Everybody say, wake up. Wake up. Let's say it again. Wake up. wake up. All right. Wake up. Hopefully, if somebody was sleeping, they woke up. Um, so, he says... Um, you know, that we've lost something or we're about to lose something. So how do we get it back? How do we go, how do we get back uh, when we lost our way? How do you get back to God? You know, you, th you think about that times, as I was saying earlier, I was watching some of those videos of Randy and, and the way things were back in those days and the early 70s, just like, you know, it was almost like the, you know, the, uh, you know, the book of Acts where, Everybody had things in common. They shared those things. It was, just, it was just fun to get together. You know, the most important thing in life was getting together with other Christians and sharing food and sharing fellowship, worshiping the Lord. You know, th those were the most important things in life. But somehow along the way, we've just kind of drifted. We've just kind of like we've lost our way. And, I, and I'm painting with a broad brush this morning, but... I know that this applies to all of us. We've all been there. I've been there. You've been there as well. We get busy in life, and then all of a sudden we know the things that were really, really, really important to us are not important anymore. We've got busy with life, and somehow we put God on the back burner, and, we'll, and we're saying, God, we'll get back to you later. We'll get back to reading the Word later. We'll get back to praying later. We'll get back to real a heart of worship later. We'll get back to all of these things. I just need a, you know, a few days, and days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and sometimes months turn into years, and God's still on the back burner waiting. You know, when are we going to get back together? When are we going to renew that relationship? When are we going to have that love, that first love that we, that we had in the beginning? In the book of Ephesians, it says, wake up again. There's that word. We read it again. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We understand that, you know, just in light of what's recently happened, in light of where our world is going, in light of where this nation is going, and over the last 20 or 30 years, the way that this nation is headed, we understand that the days are evil. He says, wake up because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to uh, debauchery, but uh, instead be filled with the Spirit. That's from Ephesians chapter 5. Now, 
I, I want to I just tell you that this is one of the ways. I believe that, first of all, waking up and recognize, number one, you've got to recognize where you are. You know, I mean, have you moved? I understand that God hasn't moved. If anybody's moved, it's been you. If you've, you feel distance from God, it's not because God has moved away from you. It's because you've moved away from God. I, I read this passage of Scripture right here from Exodus chapter 20, and it just kind of blows my mind. But Moses is having this encounter with God. And it says, And all the people witnessed the thunderings and the lightnings and the flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And then they said to Moses, You speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Honestly, think about that for a moment. You've got an opportunity to meet God face to face and speak to God face to face like a man speaks to a man or a woman speaks to a woman and you choose to send somebody else and say, you go listen to what they have to say and come back and bring me the word. Really? Really, I mean, just think about the opportunity that they missed of speaking to God and looking at God face to face. Amen? I mean, it's just like, I mean, we do that today. We do that today. Instead of, you know, getting close to God and getting in God's presence, we'll just flip on the radio and listen to our favorite preacher and listen to somebody else that's been in the presence of God rather than getting in the presence of God ourselves. And God's saying, man, I so long. I mean, I'm glad that Billy Graham's in my presence and I'm glad your favorite preacher is in my presence. But what I really want is you. I want you. I don't want them. I mean, it's not that I don't want them. But I, I don't want you to hear from them. I want you to be in my presence. I want you to get in the closet with me. I want you and I to have a quiet time together. I've got so many things I want to share to you, so many blessings I want to impart to you, so many gifts I want to see develop and unfold in your life. And, and they tell the Moses, tell Moses, they said, no, we don't want to hear God. We don't look at God. We're afraid. We're afraid. That's exactly what Adam and Eve were in the garden. They were afraid of God. And that's why they were hiding. They were hiding from God. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, and that, uh, so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, and that's where a lot of people are today, from a God that loves them so much that he gave his son, who was nailed to a cross for their sins. And the people stood afar off. You know what? There's something similar to that in, in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John that talks about the crucifixion. How the believers, even the disciples, I mean, the, the, the word only records that one disciple was there. And that was John. And remember what Jesus said to John? He says, son, behold your mother. Woman, behold your son. There, where were the other ones? They were far off. And see, sometimes in our life, in their case, it was fear. But sometimes in our life, it can be business. It can be relationships, things that, you know, we pursue in this world that causes us to be afar off from God. And God's saying, you know, I really just, I want to be in the closet with you. I want to I be right in your very presence. So listen to what he says. He says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You want to know what the Spirit is saying to the churches? He's saying this right here. Come, all of you, not just part of you, but come, all of you, 
that are thirsty. Come to the waters, you who have no money. Come and buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on, on what is not bread? And you labor for what, that which does not satisfy. Listen. Hear it? Can you hear it? Can, can, is your spirit hearing this today? He says, listen. Listen to me. And eat what is good, and you will delight in the riches of fair. Give ear, listen again, give ear, and come to me, and listen that you may live. So, have you lost your love? Have you put God on the back burner? You know, is God distant? Were you closer at one time than you are now? In Revelation chapter 2, there was another church that Jesus said almost the same thing. He says, you know, I know all the good things you're doing. I know how busy you are, and you've been doing a lot of good things. But he says, you've really, you've left me. It's kind of like, you know, you got busy doing work for the church. You got busy doing religious things, but you've left me your first love. We don't have that one-on-one -on -one time anymore. You're not in the closet with me anymore. Seems like you've forgotten all about me. You know, life is about you now. And he says, you've left your first love. And, and he's saying, how I long for those times again when we were in the closet together, when I was speaking to you one-on-one -on -one, and you were listening and you left the closet with great joy and gladness and peace in your heart, regardless of what you were going through, regardless of the trials and the tribulations that were in your life, you were excited to be with me in the closet. So I have to ask you this morning, you know, who are you in love with? Or what are you in love with? You know, the Word of God says in John chapter 2, verse 15, do not love the world or anything that's in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them, from 1 John chapter 2. I think David came to that place in his life when he said this in Psalm 139, you know, David and the sin that he was in, adultery and murder and lying. And, uh, and I think David came to a place where he just said, Lord, I... I've sinned against you, and I know I've grieved you, and I know I've hurt you, and I never want to do that again. And what he was saying is, search me, God. Because, you know, a lot of times we, we're great at lying to ourselves. Uh, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He's saying, you know what? You don't even really know your own heart. And, you know, we never want anyone to see the bad side of us. We just want everybody to see the good side of us. But David was honest before God. And he said, Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see, Lord, is there any wicked way in me? I'm giving you permission, God. Right now, I'm giving you permission to just look into my heart. It's an open book. Just look into my heart and lead me and the way everlasting from Psalm 139 at the end of the chapter. So David was saying, 
God, I, you know, if there's anything there that I can't see, you know, maybe I've been blinded by sin. Maybe I've been blinded by my, my own ways, things that I want to do. Maybe I've been blinded by, you know, by uh, the love of this world or, or the lust of this life. Maybe I've been blinded by these things and I can't even see it. And he's saying, God, I give you permission to search me and look, in, look deep into my heart. And if there's something there, show me, Lord, and, and, and change me. And change me, God. He just, like, you know, he longed to get back to God. And listen to David. Listen to the heart of David. We can understand why he is a, was called a man after God's own heart. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this do only, this only do I seek. That I, listen to what he said. You know, even Solomon. When, Dave, when, when God asked Solomon, what do you want? What do you want? You want money? I'll give you money. You want riches? I'll give you money. You want fame and fortune? I'll give you all of that. You want big houses? I'll give you that. You want cattle, you know, camels, donkeys, sheep, oxen? Tell me what you want. I'll give it to you. And Solomon thought about it for a moment. And I don't think he had to think too long. He said, God, I, I just want wisdom. I want wisdom. Because I, I, don't, I don't even know how to live life, much less lead these people. I don't know how to do this. You know what God said to him? He said, because you ask for wisdom. He said, I'm going to give you wisdom. But all the things that you didn't ask for, I'm going to give you that as well. And that's why Solomon was known as the richest man in the world of his time, but also the wisest man in the world at his time. And God gave him all of those things because Solomon's heart was after God. And, and so David says, he says, I ask this one thing. I just one thing I'm asking, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That's what David was saying. Just let me get in the closet. God, that's, that's all I really need. And I'm just telling you that you know, I, you know, I know that many of you are going through a lot of stuff right now. You know, a lot of things in your life. You know, some of you are in bad relationships. Some of you may be going through a divorce right now. Some of you may be going through some financial problems right now. You didn't get the check. Some of you are thinking about bankruptcy. Some of you are worried about the country and ISIS and Supreme Court decision. All of these things. And God's saying, really, would you just come? Would you just come and get in the closet with me? Because if you get in the closet with me, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. I can handle it all. You know, it's interesting to me. There's three accounts of this story in Matthew and Mark and Luke. It's a story when the storm, the great storm comes up and Jesus is asleep in the boat. Now, Mark and Luke record this a little bit differently. But Matthew records it this way. It says that, first of all, that they woke up Jesus, and Jesus rebuked, listen, the disciples first, and then he rebuked the storm. He said, they said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care we're all about to die? And he rebuked the disciples. Like, what, what do you mean, don't I care? You know, I'm getting ready to lay my life down for you. What do you mean? Don't I care? He rebukes the disciples. 
And then, secondly, he rebukes the storm, quiets the storm. I want you to know that God cares about everything that you're going through right now, everything that you need in your life. You know, it says, look at the lilies of the field. I mean, see how beautiful they are? Consider the birds of the air. They don't toil. They don't worry. They're not concerned. God takes care of them. He says, man, you're worth so much more than the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. He says, God will take care of you and all your needs. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And seek first, seek first right here, right here. Get in the closet with God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things. Listen, all of these things. Not half of these things. Not the little bitty things. But the great big things. God can take care of. Whether they're small or whether they're great. God can take care of them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Listen to what David said. He says, Lord, you know, I know it's my sin that's caused me to lose my joy. I know it's my sin that's caused me to lose my peace. I'm anxious about a lot of things. But he says, if you cleanse me with hyssop, you know what hyssop is. It was the little the bush, the brush, uh, that, the little bush that Moses told the children of Israel, go pluck this up. And, and kill the lamb and dip this in the, lamb, in the lamb's blood and sprinkle the sides of the post, both sides of the post and the overhead. And when God sees that blood, that he will pass over you. And David says, he's kind of referring to that, cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear, listen, listen, this is what sin does to you and does to me. When we choose sin over the Lord, it says, let me hear joy and gladness. I've lost it. I've lost my way. I don't, I don't feel joy and gladness. I don't hear joy and gladness anymore because this world is beating me up. The trials of life are beating me up, and, and I, I don't have joy and gladness anymore. And really, that's what I need. That's what will sustain me. That if I have peace and I have joy and I have gladness, I can endure any storm. Amen? I, with with God, God's peace and God's joy and God's gladness, no matter what happens, no matter what comes against you, no matter what trials you face, he says that you will endure the storm. And David goes on to say, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. And then he says, God, back to the heart again created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. So, in 1 John chapter 2, he says this. He says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, that would be all of us, okay? Just so we have the record straight. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate. It just simply means that we have a lawyer. We have a fighter that's on our side. We have an advocate 
that's with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And not for ours only, but also for the sin of the whole world. We have an advocate when we do sin. Not that we live in sin. Not that we continually practice sin. Not that, you know, that we enjoy sin. Because the Bible says that sin for a season sins seems pleasurable. But I sense today that, that many of you here have lost something. And you want to get it back and you need to get it back. And I want us to just look at the last verse. This would be verse 12 of Psalm 51. Where David says to the Lord, restore to me. You see it there? He says, restore to me. I want you to stand with me for a second. Because I want you to focus on your life. And I want you, just with your eyes closed and your head bowed for a moment. And really, this is like getting in the closet with God for a moment. Nobody's looking and nobody's watching. But how many of you do feel like you've lost something? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Be honest with God. You're not where you used to be. Okay, thank you. A lot of hands went up. A lot of hands went up. Probably half the congregation's hands went up. That was the honest one. Okay, you can put your hands down. So, I just, I just want you in your own in your own words I want you to just just if you would just glance up and look at the screen again and David said restore to me the joy of salvation of your salvation and I, w I want that to be your, your prayer I'm going to pray for you as you just say Lord Restore to me the joy of my salvation. That I've somehow I've got off the track. I've got off the trail. I've got off of that straight and narrow path. I've become preoccupied with life. I've left you behind. I've put you on the back burner. And Lord, the most important thing in my life that I need right now is to be in the closet with you. I don't need to hear from Ron. I don't need to hear from my other favorite pastor, my radio pastor, my TV pastor. God, I need to hear from you. Some of you need direction in your life. Where do I go from here? Do I take this, this new job? Do I go to this school? Do I work? Do I save money? Do I go to this university? Do I go to the missions field? Do I marry this person? Do I take this job? Do we move from Santa Fe? Do we stay? Lord, the, all of these questions just surround us. And we're bombarded by the world every day. The things that we need, things that we're concerned, or concerned about, seem to drown out your, your voice. And your word says, listen. Listen. Let the church listen. Let the church hear. And Isaiah, he said, listen to me. Those of you that hunger and thirst 
come to me and listen and hear. Father, we ask that you would restore the joy of our salvation, but there may be something plus that that you're trying to say. Just listen. This is what you need to do. Some of you, it may need, you may need to repent. There may be sin in your life that you simply need to ask God to forgive you for. But remember, we just read that when we do sin, we have an advocate. It's not like God is casting you to the side. He's not putting you in the timeout box for the next 10 years until you can get it right. We come to him and we simply say, God, we've sinned against you. And I have an advocate according to your word, God. I have an advocate. I have a lawyer. I have someone that's on my side and on my team that is going to wash me in his blood and forgive me his, of my sins because of the work at Calvary. I have an advocate, Jesus, the righteous one. So, Lord, forgive me my sins and restore to me the joy of my salvation. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. Like David said, Lord, search my heart. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me, God. I'm not ashamed to bear my heart and to lay it open before you, Lord. Because I want you to cleanse me with hyssop. And I want to be white as snow today. And I want to have a right relationship with you. And above all, Father, the voice I want to hear is the still small voice that says, walk in this way. Walk ye in this way. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait just for a moment. Just wait. He's speaking. He's speaking to some. Right now, he's speaking to some of you. And if he's bringing sin to your mind, remember you have an advocate. All you have to do is just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Change my heart. I don't want to think that way any, anymore. I don't want to be that kind of person anymore. Change me, oh God. Change me. Lord, like the lost coin or the lost sheep, I've been lost. I want to come back home. I want to come back into your very presence, Lord. Hear my cry, Father. Hear my cry. Just wait. Just wait. He's speaking. He's speaking. He's touching hearts. He's bringing his healing and restoration power right now. I can sense his healing and restoration power here right now. He's bringing many of you home. Many of you have been in the wilderness way too long. What his word said, oh, there was great rejoicing in heaven. I found one. I found my lost sheep. I've been looking for my lost sheep. I found my lost sheep today. I found my lost sheep. Heaven rejoice. Heaven rejoice. Heaven rejoice. Angels rejoice. We found a lost sheep. There's one there. There's one there. There's another one there. There's another one there. Look at the lost sheep that I'm finding today. I'm finding lost sheep. It's a day when God is saying in heaven, I'm finding lost sheep and I'm bringing them home. Rejoice, O ye heavens. Rejoice, O you angels. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Can you hear it? Can you hear heaven rejoicing? Can you hear the clapping? 
Can you hear the shouts of jubilation in heaven? Can you hear it? They're happy. Heaven's happy. Amen. Heaven's happy. Some are coming home. Amen. Praise God. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. All right, I'm going to pray over the food, and I would give you directions, but I think you can just follow your nose. You'll find it. So, Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you for this day, for your presence, God. Lord, call us to the closet more often, Lord God. Let us get alone with you and hear your voice. Pray your blessing on the food and all those that prepared it. Pray your blessing on your people here, Lord. Let us enjoy this time of fellowship together. And we say from the bottom of our heart, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you, Father. Lord, you have not treated us as our sins deserve because you're a good God. We bless you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Love you.